Richards Bowie Versus Tillian Is this year when I'm glowy Am I killing? I hope it's not a blowy Or a villain It's time for Bowie versus Dillian. Welcome, friends, and well, what's the opposite of naysayers? Yaysayers. <laughs> friends and yay. There's a band called Yaysayer. There is. This is a bad start to the show. Uh, Welcome, everyone, to the new episode, next episode of Bowie versus Dylan. Yeah. I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake, and I love Dylan. Today, before we talk about what we're doing today, uh, we're getting down to the end of this year podcast, Jake. We uh, sure are. We're running out of years to talk about. Hmm. Uh, having started hmm. in 1964, the first year that Bowie released in, uh, any kind of music whatsoever. Two years after Dylan released his first music whatsoever. Correct. Uh, and continuing up to the present day, we are, we're down to, after today, we're going to have eight episodes left. What? What? Say that again. We're one in the 60s, one in the 70s, mm. one in the 80s, mm. one in the 90s, yeah. one in the 2000s, mm. one in the teens. What? And a couple special episodes to be revealed later. Well. <laughs> uh, but that's it. We're oh. getting there. We're getting down there, Jake. Oh, guys, we already miss you. I know. I know. I miss us, too. But we're not done yet, Jake. Nope. So don't, you know. Don't, don't despair. Get beard, don't get your beard all wet with tears, Jake. <laughs> it's a very long <laughs> thick, beard right now. <laughs> thick, luscious quarantine beard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. It's getting it's getting raw over here. I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Time to shave her down for the heat of summer, Jake. <laughs> Uh, that's when I, that's when I let it grow wild. I'm a wild man in the summer. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Hey, what today we're looking at? 2014. Yes, we are. Where yes. were you in 2014, Jake? Oh, I was here in uh, Camas, Washington. In fact, that's the first year that we moved to Camas, Washington. From no, it was a sad year from being my next door neighbor. Well, that was the year before when we moved to Gladstone, Oregon. And oh, we, okay. we, lived, was, <laughs> we lived in my father-in-law's basement, all four of us at the time, in a tiny basement. Yeah, that was true. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were tough times. But since we moved to Camas, things are really looking up. Hey, glad to hear it, Jake. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> hey, but let's talk about how things were looking for, uh, for Bob Dylan instead. Yeah. Let's do that. Speaking but of things... But before we do that, Jake... Oh, what? I have one more thing oh. to talk about that I almost forgot to talk about. Oh, no. And that is that, unless I wasn't listening to you, which is entirely possible... It's true. You did not mention something about one of the new Bob Dylan songs, I Contain Multitudes. Yeah. The fact that he references David Bowie in it. Oh, maybe I didn't listen to that one close enough. I'm waiting, about, waiting for the album to come out. says, while I cannot frolic with all the young dudes. Oh, yes, I did recognize that. I meant to talk to you about that, and I forgot. You're right. And you forgot. Oh, I Jake. forgot. I mean, he more explicitly talks about Anne Frank, Indiana Jones, the Rolling Stones. Uh-huh. And, and I don't know who else. Beethoven, Chopin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but there is clearly a David Boy reference in there, which is a big deal. And he, he rhymes, I contain multitudes with all the young dudes, which... Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, well That's done. a great well rhyme. Done. Great rhyme. An imp- uh, a wonderfully imperfect rhyme. Uh, there's something else we have to talk about that came out, and I, I believe it just came out yesterday. And uh, 
we had the discussion over over text, but there appears to be there appears to be a minor uh, a minor controversy over the genitalia shown on the latest reissue of Tin Machine Two. That's I'm just pretty sure I talked there. about this in the nineteen ninety one episode. You might have, but 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 Chaz, those were all uh, th- those are all kind of blurred out, and now they're out there, baby. <laughs> well, but they were out there sometime for like I think it was I think it was just a mirror anyway. For those at home, <laughs> yeah. just yesterday, a reissue was announced of Tin Machine 2. Hot news. Which is like, has been out of print for decades. Right, because it sucks. It's that, that, well, because of, you know, it doesn't matter if Bowie's album suck. They still, they're still in print. <laughs> well, that's <you> know? true. <laughs> um, but this, this and the Tin Machine live album, Oy Vey Baby, mm. are like the only major, you know, releases from Bowie that have been out of, they're out of print. And uh, it's due to rights issues because those are held, uh, unlike the first Tin Machine album, they're, um, they're, Equally owned by the four members of the band. Anyway, uh, Tim Machine 2 is getting a reissue, and um, they are using the original not-censored uh, cover. Because in America, yeah. at least, it's four statues. Like, You're right. It's <laughs> not actually statues. like pictures. And, uh, and they're, you know, they're full frontal, baby. Oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. out there, and they're loving every minute of it. That's right. All... It's not, you know, it's just old statues. They're not... Like hypersexual no, or something. No, I know it's, it's ridiculous. It's kind of it's, it's, it's just dongs, you know, <laughs> just some dongs there. Anyway, in the, in America, <laughs> it looks like they're they're like airbrushed out, but they're not just airbrushed out. They're like it looks like they were chiseled and cut off away, which in a way like feels yeah. worse to me. I agree with that. I agree with that. There's something very sinister and like um, it's like we have to rid the world of this filth by chopping them and <laughs> slashing them. You know? Like taking a, a hammer and chisel <laughs> right. and getting rid of these things. <laughs> right. But that's what that, like my cover, you know, from the 90s looks like from America. But I, I think I think it was only censored in America, if I remember correctly. But well, I don't know correctly. We're very Puritan. A fun here. little wrinkle that I've just been reading about this morning, Jake, uh-huh. is apparently none of the members of the band knew that this reissue was happening. <laughs> so no one's really clear how they got the rights to do this or what's happening. Really? Uh, oh, at least at least two two out of the four members, you know, Bowie being dead, the other three alive. Mm. Two mm. of the members have publicly uh, stated that they had no idea this was happening. They're and denouncing it. Kind of wondering why they're mad about it. So it, it's possible it won't happen after all. Um, if, if I may, I, I think what we have on our hands here is a dong traversy. Uh, it sure is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, honestly, by the time this episode even comes out, this whole thing might be cleared up and it might not be happening. Who knows? But. Um, as of what June sixth? June sixth, and we're recording this. Yeah, June sixth. Yeah, Is controversy, it? baby. A controversy. Controversy corner. A controversy corner. A in the making. Yes. <laughs> the best kind, I think. <laughs> All right, Jake. All right. With that tasty nugget, <laughs> right out of the way there. Why don't you uh, regale us? I will. With some. Uh, some seafaring exploits of Bob Dylan. All right. Assuming he was seafaring in 2014. Is well, that right? Uh, I, I don't know if he was seafaring. He did, he did, uh, he did travel the world, um, as he, as he yeah, normally does. Sea, no doubt. Um, yeah, well, I think he just drives his bus across the ocean, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he doesn't... I wonder if he has his own plane. What does he do? He's such a private guy. Does he have his own section of the plane, or do they fly commercial? What's happening here? Does he just, like, buy all of the first class tickets? I don't know. Season? Everything to himself. I don't know. Or does he have his own plane? Jake, you what? got a mitten for next episode. Oh, you, got, you got some research to do. You got to get us this information. All right. I'm going to start. Why mine? Because I want to know. I'm going to start writing this down. You'll be able to hear. How does Bob travel uh, across the ocean? I'm right. still assuming it's a giant schooner. I am. Um, I'm writing this down. Okay. 
I'll be sure to... <laughs> I'll be sure to get right on that. You clearly just wrote a whole bunch of scribbles, Jake. I can't see what you wrote, but the sound of it was clearly this is not actually writing. I'm showing you it's right there. The it's giant right there. scroll. It's That's right there. Just, just as I knew, Jake. Oh, folks, I wish you could see this scribble. It's a real nice one. All right. It's a real, it's a real humdinger. It's a, it's a great scribble. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about something we've we've surely never talked about in the 52 thousand podcasts that we've done this is our 56 um, mick ronson 56 no it's not mick ronson related unfortunately uh we have talked about him every single episode as far as i can tell <laughs> um but here's something we've never talked about because in the 56 episode some themes about our guys have not been recurring over and over and over again uh have you ever heard of the basement tapes jazz is that something hey whoa whoa hey, yeah yeah is that something you know about just off the top i think to call it just like being recorded at a big pink house uh-huh with the band yeah and it invented the bootleg yeah exactly uh and an entire slice of americana music style um, okay, so what we have here is what everyone has been clamoring for since the basement tapes uh, sort of leaked out on that bootleg. It is the bootleg series, volume 11, the basement tapes complete. <gasps> Ooh! Now, I have a BVD award for us before we get started here. This is the BVD award for the most no-brainer bootleg series of all time. <laughs> like, uh-huh. After after uh, Dylan and Jeff Rosen, his manager in Columbia, put out uh, bootleg series volumes one through three, which, of course, I think had one or two kind of bootleg things on there. Uh, or the basement tapes, excuse me. But uh, after that, they got down to brass, brass tacks, you know? Right. Then they, they got, got they got serious about it after that. Then it was like, how many how many volumes are we going to get before we get all of the basement tapes recordings? And it turned out it's uh, it's eleven. It's the eleventh one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Most people would have thought earlier. Yeah, most people would have thought earlier. Um, so this super deluxe edition is six discs, a hundred and thirty-eight tracks of home re- home recordings, outtakes, uh, the aforementioned Big Pink, and other houses around there. Um, it's just it's a lot, Chaz, and I'll talk it's a little, lot. It it's, sounds like it's a lot. lot. It's a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit too much, I would say. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about <laughs> it in the points. Basements, too many tapes. Yeah, um, I'll just it say in the name of it. They should have gone with that. <laughs> they should have said more, more basements, basements, more tapes, more tapes. <laughs> <laughs> with exclamation points abounding. <laughs> more exclamation point basement exclamation point. <laughs> Anyway, there's so many basements. It was uh, it was critically so it was critically loved. It was put together um, by oh man, I should know this. Mm-hmm. One of the members of the band um, had a bunch of the tapes that no one had yet heard in his. I, I want to say basement, but I'm not really sure. Um, I want I want the basement tapes were down there in the basement. Anyway, he finally let these things go, and uh, they they put them all together, and it truly is like all of them. It's uh, it's like little snippets. It's stuff that's barely listenable because of the quality of home recording, right? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was critically loved, of course. Everyone was just like, oh, I mean, you can't you can't have a basement tape without people fawning over it. And this is well, yeah, this is kind of the ultimate example of that. Um, so they also put out a one disc raw edition. They called it raw for some reason. Raw. Yeah, it's the raw basement tapes raw. Oh, it's so raw. Dude. And by and by so raw, raw and by raw I'm they mean. I assume that by yeah. raw they meant like cool from like five years before that or ten years before that when it yeah, was so raw. Cool word to say cool. 
I don't know why they ten years, maybe in fifteen. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's it's the opposite of raw because it's the it's the handpicked selections of the best ones. So that's that's not raw. Like all of them would be the complete ones would be raw. This (laughs) would be like this would be like (laughs) this would be like this would be like well cooked with like some olive oil and stuff. Like nice. Not raw. Like just, you know, you picked out the seeds and stuff. For, yeah. For the fun, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have more to say about that later, but we're going to move on here. Um, another basement tape uh, uh, adjacent project that went on that um, Dylan didn't have a lot to do with um, at the time. Um, he did appear in, in, in some of the documentaries about it, and he spoke on it and stuff like that. But it turns out amongst the 7,000 songs that he wrote, uh, between uh, Blonde on Blonde coming out and then when he started mm. messing around again and getting back on the horse um, in 1967. Literally. Literally. He Literal got right horse. back on that horse. On Literal his farm horse. in Woodstock. And he, he was... And he used it to travel across the ocean. <laughs> That's correct. For the very mm-hmm. first rendition of the never-ending <laughs> tour. <laughs> Well, we solved that earlier. Well, there we go. I mean, horses float. Everybody knows that. <laughs> we watch a lot of Frozen 2 at my house. Oh, there we do, There's clearly a water horse in that in that. Well, thing. yeah. So, that Elsa had to overcome. Uh, I'm but it turned out it was part of her. true events involving Bob Dylan. Yeah, so I imagine that in 1967, Bob Dylan <laughs> took his horse to the ocean. It was all icy there. And he had some uh-huh. sort of magical power. He was some sort of fifth element. Of nature right, from or when, something. From when, from when he uh, you know, sold the soul to the devil. Yep, right. So he did that. And then this horse appeared, and it was like a, a wild stallion that he had to mm-hmm. tame. But even though the wild stallion was really part of him, and he tamed himself, I guess, and then he went across the <laughs> Metaphorically. ocean. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. Yeah. And... Like and physically. he has continued to do so ever since. It's yeah. it's really not that exciting anymore, you know. It's like the first time you take a plane ride is really exciting, cool. But when you've done it, you know, hundred. Same thing when you're riding a water horse across the ocean. Yeah, so quick, like yeah, all right. yeah, that you had. Mm, like, I gotta take my water horse across the ocean. Not again. Mm. Anybody up for a trip to Oceana this year? <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's your band, Bob. Let's go get on our horses and go across the ocean <laughs> again." Hey, why don't we talk about this thing that I was trying to talk about? It is. <laughs> I guess. It's okay. So anyway, the point is, um, in real life, uh, not only did he write all of the songs on the basement tape, of which there are like a billion, he also Except wrote... Except for the traditional ones that I just saw on this list here, Jay, uh, yeah. identified as traditional, or this one that's by John Lee Hooker or Ian Tyson. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole bunch he didn't write, Jake. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I know. On the complete one, but, you know, uh, he was writing a lot of songs is the point. Of his yeah. own, and he also wrote a whole bunch of lyrics that he didn't set music to. He was this prolific. He just had all these lyrics all over the place. Um, well, damn. Well, hot darn, hot darn doodly. And he uh, decided that uh, he would give these over to the producer, the super producer, we call him, T-Bone Burnett. Hey! Yes, another thorough, fair character in the Bob Dylan story. Um, introduced <laughs> him to Christianity in 1978. Uh, and also was the producer of Old Brother Where Art Thou, which was a huge smash. Oh, yeah. Very instrumental in bringing... An excellent movie by the Cohen <clears throat> brother. An excellent oh, movie. You know, have you ever checked out that movie, Jake? Inside Lewin, did you? <laughs> 
Also, themes we haven't explored in a while. <laughs> by the Cohen brothers. I think last episode you mentioned it in passing. So did it get it, dude? Last, last episode, okay. Yeah, it might have been might have been two episodes no. before. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter anyway. T Bone himself um, took these lyrics and he gave them to a, a, a hand selected group of musicians to write music to. He oh. gave them to Jim James, uh, the lead singer of My Morning Jacket. He gave it to Elvis Costello. Hey, I like him. He gave it to Marcus Mumford of the, <laughs> at the time, very hot band, Mumford Who was heavily Sons. involved with the soundtrack for Inside Lou and Davis. I want you to know that. Yeah, he was kind of a... With Tibor, a, with Tibor and Burnett. For a hot minute there, he was going to be he was going to be I kind of the Tibor Americana... Yeah. Was he really? Was he on there? I'm sure he was. I think so. I could be wrong. I think so. Ah! Well, anyway, I'll look it up instead of listening to whatever you're about. To um, everybody should have known at the time that that was uh, that whole thing was a real fad, and they'd probably just fade away. Um, I know that Mumford and Sons tried to make a rock album, like a traditional rock album, later that tanked. Um, oh, yeah, but, T-Bone Burnett produced the Inside yeah. and Davis soundtrack. Well, that we knew. What about Marcus Mumford, though? Was he involved in that? Oh, no, Mumford, I knew was that. Oh, this is what I'm talking about here. You said here. Tim Burnett. Well, you just mentioned Oh Brother, We're Out, though. You did not mention Inside Lewin Davis. Well, you, I, I thought, brought in Inside Lewin I Davis thought that because you said, Coen Brothers connection. I know. I got that. I thought that you said that the Mumford, Marcus Mumford, was also involved on Inside Llewellyn Davis. Yeah, yeah, he is. Mumford? Marcus Mumford? Yeah. On Inside Llewellyn Davis? Yeah, he oh. sings the, uh, you know, uh, Lewin Davis' dead partner? Yeah. His voice is Marcus Mumford. Mm. Well, this was very confusing. I just want everyone to know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he gave... The moral uh, of the story is that both T-Bone and Burnett <laughs> and Marcus Mumford were right inside Lewin Davis, which was directed by the Coen brothers, <laughs> who also directed Oh Brother, We're Out There, which T-Bone and Burnett was involved in, but not Marcus Mumford. Hey, what year did that movie come out? Inside which Llewellyn Davis. Inside Llewellyn Davis. 2013. Okay, so... Uh, so right, you're right in here. We're right in here. Yeah. Right in the sessions for, for this thing, which I'm trying to talk about, um, <laughs> they occurred in March... We're probably in 2013. March of, March of 2014, so... Uh, okay, well, this was released in November of 2013. 2013 adjacent is what I'm trying to say. Uh, anyway, he gave them for the to Marcus... One year anniversary of, for the one-year anniversary of 2013. Jim James... <laughs> got back together. <laughs> Jim James, Elvis Costello... I'm not even going to say his name because I know you'll have something to say. So I won't. <laughs> we already mentioned his name 8,000 times. Taylor Goldsmith of the band Dawes. And Rhiannon Giddens, who is a, uh, a wonderful uh, musician and singer who was in the Carolina Chocolate Drops, who were a, uh, a, an Americana band. Uh, a banjo band, mostly banjos. Anyway, cool. Banjos, she's, hey. she's got a great solo career going now. More like Ben. Whoa. <clears throat> Yeah, just like that. Uh, he gave all these lyric. He gave all of the lyrics to all of these musicians, all of these songwriters. They took them home. They scribbled some notes on them. Hopefully, they weren't the originals. I'm sure there. I'm sure there were copies. And they all wrote music to either some or all of those songs without knowing what the other ones were doing. And then they all got together and they got together and they they recorded all of, you know some of the versions that they had brought in. Which is kind of interesting. So now some of the lyrics have multiple songs on this thing. It's called Whoa. Lost on the River, semicolon, The New Basement Tapes. <laughs> They're new. Hey. 
They're new. They're new. If they didn't record that in a basement, I'm going to be very upset. But I didn't didn't read that they didn't record it in a basement, so we're just going to go with that. We can only assume that they they have some level of integrity. Uh, Some level. There were, uh, they they laid down 40 tracks, and 20 of which have been released. So, I think think you know what's coming here. It's a a bootleg bootleg series (laughs) that doesn't involve Bob Dylan, really, at all. But it's going to have all the tracks on it. Uh, I think it sounds nice. I, I like it. It's uh, it's very of the time. Um, there's a lot of different kind of renditions on there, and and I generally like all of the musicians. I, I don't know why I'm a little sour on Marcus Mumford. He seemed in in one of the documentaries. He seemed like kind of a D, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. kind of full my, of himself. He's kind of a righteous. My impression too from the uh, the uh, special features on the Inside Louis Davis, <laughs> which I own. I love that movie. <laughs> No, you he don't. Get, he can't get across as a little bit of D. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a D. I agree with you on that. He's yeah. a D during this whole thing. He's 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 kind of full of himself. Maybe he's very sweet in real life, but uh, that's how he came for it. Well, I mean, when you're recorded enough times being a D, you're a D. That's all there is well, to it. And maybe you know, now that he has been unsuccessful for multiple years, yeah. he uh, he's he's humbled himself, and you know, he's a little bit back. I don't, I don't. We can only hope. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, my theory is that when bands are hot and then they make a rock album afterwards to kind of like, I don't know, pop it up or or, or prove their rock bona fides, they're, all they're doing is they're just waiting 10 years to come back with their original sound. And everyone's like, yay! Yeah. So well, that sure. goes through all kinds of things when you, you know, you try the new sound. Yeah, oh yeah. Then, you know, it doesn't go so well. Right. So then when you come back, it's like, hey, whoa, this guy's doing that thing that we liked before. Oh, wow. And enough time has passed so where great. no one hates you anymore, and you're just, you're just, uh... I mean, we've just, we just described Bob Dylan's career, right? <laughs> whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh, you're one to talk. You're one to talk. <laughs> Dylan didn't go back. Or Bo- uh, Bowie didn't go back. That's oh, the stop thing with That's not true. Not until 2000. He did in 2000. He, he didn't back go then. back. That was the only time, though. What about 1990? When did he do that? That tour he did, his greatest hits tour. I mean, he didn't go well, back. I, but he didn't do it in the same style. Was when did same? Dylan come back with the same style that he had before? I don't know. I was making that. Oh, this is false advertising. <laughs> false advertising. Are you in a basement? I just need to know right now. <laughs> nope, second floor of my house. <laughs> oh, you're so far you're from the basement. You're clearly also in a basement due to the sunny windows behind you. Also, yeah. I don't think your house, if I remember correctly, your house does not have a basement. My basement is very well lit. I'll have you know. <laughs> um, with large windows that look out over the green yeah vacuum. yeah underground it's, it's your word against mine Chaz <laughs> uh, anyway there were some other musicians on here and um, including all three of the Heim Haim Haim sisters Haim Haim oh, is yeah. it Haim or Heim I always wondered I don't yeah. know I don't know anyway don't know. Um, they're a package deal yeah, you can't you can't have one or two Haim sisters you gotta have all three not true one of them only one of them uh, guest vocaled on the most recent Vampire Weekend album. That's true. So what I said... Danielle, I believe her name is, but I don't remember that. What I said was a filthy lie. That's a great album. We listen to that a lot around here. Your salacious nonsense needs to stop. I agree. I agree. Hey, guys, I'm not in my basement right now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. This is the first step, Jake. I'm cleansing my soul. The minute you have a problem. I'm cleansing my soul. Uh, all right, there were there were a bunch of other session musicians, but there was also one very special guest musician on there, and we're going to have two in a row, multiple choice questions. Well, actually, the first, oh, baby, the first is a matching. <laughs> the first is a matching question. Second is a multiple choice question. So okay. there was a aging white famous actor who is also fancies himself a musician. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's on this album. 
First, I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five names of aging, famous white actors who are also in bands. Okay. okay they're I have a guess male. already. Can I? No, you can't guess. Like a, Shut up. Okay. And will, you be, will you believe me? I have a name in my head. Yeah. I don't have anything to write it down on. Otherwise, I would write it down to like prove myself. Here. Yeah, I believe. Will you believe me? I believe after you. if I, I if I'm correct. I believe you. Okay. Okay. All right. Go for okay, it. Okay. So you're gonna match, you're gonna match up the names of these aging white famous actors with the okay. band that they're in. Okay. Okay. All right. First is Keanu Reeves. Second, okay. Kiefer Sutherland. Okay. Third, Kevin Bacon. Fourth, Johnny Depp. Okay. And five, Russell Crowe. Okay. Here are the names of the bands. One, 30 Odd Foot of Grunts. <laughs> Great. <laughs> These are all really good band names, by the way. Uh, two, Hollywood Vampires. That's uh, Johnny Depp. Okay. All right. You got that one. Got one. Got uh, one. You're going to get a couple more of these. One, or uh, excuse me, the third, the Kiefer. Well, when, the bacon, when the Bacon Brothers rolls around, I'm yep. pretty good at that. All right. We'll get that out of the way. That's the Bacon, okay. the bacon Brothers. Okay, yep. Okay. Fourth, you'll never get this, the Kiefer Sutherland Band. <laughs> That's a real head-scratcher. That's a real noodler, Jake. Wouldn't that be great if Kevin Bacon was like, I'm, I'm in the Kiefer Sutherland Band. <laughs> Jake, you want to start a band called, like, the Kevin Bacon Band or something? Yeah. Just come up with a the I, John Malkovich band. <laughs> I do. I do have a. I do have a bone to pick with, uh, with Kevin Bacon. He, he, he's, he's in it with his actual brother. It's called the Bacon Brothers. Why not the Fabulous Bacon Boys? <laughs> I, I don't know, Jake. Come on. They couldn't come up with like a friend whose last name is Eggs, so they could be like a Bacon <laughs> Eggs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend in high school, Jake, named Neil Call. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to like start a band or a law firm or something just so we could be back Call. and call. Oh, that's good. You know, it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty good. You know, I haven't talked to him in you know years, but well, certainly Neil Call. We know you're listening. Surely hey. he found another hey. person with the surname back. <laughs> Hope you're having a good life out there. <laughs> All right, man. Talk All right. Uh, the last band name is you. Really, really only have to match up two now. Um, the last band name is Dog Star. Okay. Oh, and that's, that's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, that's right. And so that leaves you with Russell Crowe and 30... Russell Crowe. I didn't know he was at a band. The other ones I knew about. I didn't know he had 30 a band. So odd really foot, terrible. 30 odd foot of Man. grunts. These are really hey, bad. I mean, I the Hollywood band. destroyed that matching game. You sure did. Boom. You sure did. Um, okay, so the multiple choice question now is which aging white rocker somehow wormed his okay. way into being on the new basement tapes with who otherwise are a you know fairly like... Uh, a respected group of musicians. Right. Okay, so which My one My guess, is? before the fact, yeah. was Kevin Bacon, Jake. And I'm going to go with that nest. You're wrong. Oh, you don't need it. to prove it all. It's Somehow it's Johnny Depp. Oh. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. I should have made you down, guess until you... I should have made you guess until you got to it. He plays, <laughs> he plays some sweet electric guitar on one track, and I, I don't know the story. Are they some tasty licks, Jake? How tasty are they? I, I couldn't tell. If he's, okay. I, he might have just been, they might have been like, yeah, Johnny, you're on there. See you later. We'll put you in the liner notes. <laughs> he's like, I'm still unpacking my guitar. Guy. <laughs> he's like, oh, guys. <laughs> All right. All right. That's, that's cool. It's cool. Guys, guys, guys. guys. Hey. Uh, and then T-Bone's like, get him out of the mix. Get him out. <laughs> he actually doesn't know how to play guitar. You know, he's in the Hollywood Vampires with Alice Cooper and, uh, and Joe Perry, the guitarist from Aerosmith. 
I also didn't know that. And I saw a picture and they all look horrible and dead, pretty much. (laughs) So bring together two things we've recently read about or uh, mentioned here. Uh, I remember reading an article of Alice Cooper uh, going to see Vampire Weekend. Mm. Because he liked their name. (laughs) (laughs) Alice Cooper's like... I heard I heard those band Vampire Week and I thought, oh man, this band's gonna be great. I gotta go see these guys. Well, and I he, saw them, a bunch of these guys in polo shirts. It was terrible. We just hated it. Was he making a <laughs> Was he making a joke because he was in Hollywood Vampires? Does he feel? Like, I don't know. I does don't he know. feel like he needs some royalties or something from that? I don't know. I don't think that was part of it. He just uh, he liked the name Vampire Week and I went to see them based on their name and I was very disappointed. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Hey, Alice Cooper's kind of a cool guy. I've read some stuff. Well, yeah. about him. I yeah. mean, he's in Wayne's World, first of all. That's that's all you need to know. <laughs> Are we really trying to mention all of our favorite things in this episode? Yeah, all pretty much. Be running jokes in this one. Pretty much because we're we're doing it. Um, I've talked about half a thing for my fortune so far. Okay, so we're gonna wrap up "Lost on the River" the new basement tapes. Um, Bob Dylan used uh, did all of the lyrics um, for it, obviously, but he didn't write the music and he wasn't on it. So that was just an interesting aside. Let's do <laughs> aside to take like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, a nice twenty minute uh, uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about the never-ending tour since we almost did before we almost did it. So the never-ending tour in 2014 was uh, 92 concerts in total, and he really oh is that all? He really took that horse around the world, though. He really floated that baby. <laughs> some horse. some say he killed that horse. Uh, he, he uh, but some are pretty sure he didn't because he has <laughs> continued to not stop touring for the. It's true. Well, he could have got the following another, six years. He could have grappled with another metaphorical uh, emotion to get another horse. I don't rock know. monster things. I'm going to see if he's riding a rock, uh, a rock monster. Yes, from Frozen Two. <laughs> we all have a little rock monster inside of us, don't we? <laughs> uh, he took that rock monster to to Asia for 17 shows to North America. Well, he didn't. I guess he didn't have to. He had to take it back to the anyway. Uh, Thirty only 35 in North America. Uh, 21 in Europe and 19 in Oceania. Went on down to the old Oceania. Uh, so <laughs> work for the horse then. So you know, I, I the the never-ending tour, um, especially after 2000, maybe 99. Like after he he got his mojo back, um, they all pretty much sound the same. Like they're all they're all fine to me. I know that there's some some never-ending tour geeks out there who will vehemently disagree with me. Um, but I think it's fine. But um, looking on the the Wikipedia page here, I, I noticed uh, I noticed some of the uh, the uh, the critical response was interesting, and so I'd like to welcome you to um, the backhanded compliment corner. These are <laughs> these are critical reviews of. I'm glad uh, this, at this late in the game, we're still adding new features. Absolutely, there's this, there's a lot of corners in the basement. A lot of basement corners here. <laughs> Okay, so um, in now some of this some of this could be um, translation, you know, problems here. But I just thought this yeah. some of this stuff was pretty funny. So in Tokyo, um, a reviewer said this Dylan is an artist still forever pushing the envelope, um, and then praised his vocal ability as quote solid. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then uh, in in Japan, adequate. He, he was yeah, it's solid. You know, he was good enough. It was <laughs> very very <laughs> adequate. Uh, uh, another praised his quote honey coated vocals, um, but then noted that Dylan can make a concert feel essential for a fan while not particularly engaging with the audience. <laughs> so that's a good backhanded compliment. That's a super good nugget, but actually super accurate for better. <laughs> exactly. Uh, here's another good one. Uh, in... That's gonna be like just you know a quote about his entire life right there. <laughs> 
He's essential without engaging anyone somehow. Without engaging anyone. Um, okay, in Dublin, um, a reviewer said that Dylan may be old and beat up, but the man has some punch in him yet. It's <laughs> a good backhanded compliment. He's not dead yet. <laughs> Another one said, uh, a good concert, not the best, but to see and hear a living legend playing was a very pleasant experience indeed. <laughs> Oh, man. Some of them were really good, obviously. Uh, uh, I won't read those because that's not part of the corner here. Um, let's see. Uh, Girl from the North Country was met with a highly positive response. Um, this was in Poland. But the concert itself was deemed average with on and off vocal performances. <laughs> Which that, that, that does, that does uh, describe Bob very well. Can you hear the car alarm in the background, Jake? Does the uh, car alarm go off? No. You should it feels like almost deafening on the sense. So. You should, you should. I was worried that it was going to interfere with the listening pleasure of our of our listeners, but uh, you should, I will soon not. Would you stop trying to break into cars while we're having a podcast? <laughs> no, I will not. Okay. <laughs> okay. No can do, Jake. No can do. Uh, let's see. The re- another review said, he sang truly. This was as good as perfection, and there were diamonds and a little rust. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was beautiful right there. Uh, that wasn't that nice. And it also uh, references the old uh, Jody, uh, John Baez song about him. So that's, that's kind of a, <laughs> Hey, whoa. That's a Don't good point one. that. Um, okay. Therein stops the backhanded controvert, or compliment quarter. Um, I'll give it points later. I think you all know what I'm going to give it. So I give it the same thing every time, pretty much. Hey, here's <laughs> something. Hey. Hey, here's something else. Oh, let's just do a little release thing. Um, in England only, um, and apparently I didn't really read up on these sorts of things. They've been, they've been doing copyright collections in, in Europe for the 50th anniversaries of, of Bob. I think we have, but I, I really looked into it this time and now I'm mad. Why, why don't we get a chance to, to have this stuff? The 50th anniversary collection for 1964 was a beautiful nine LP set full of live recordings, outtakes, and demos meant to ward off public domain law, and they were all unreleased. Like, every single stinking thing was unreleased. It was everything, basically, that Bob Dylan did on record in 1964. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, what, what, the, what the H, man? <laughs> there's only... Why in America? There was only 1,000 copies. It was only in Europe. And now it's, it's at least $400 on Discogs to pick this thing up. Ooh. Oh baby! I mean, nine okay. LPs. This is, is the nine. nine a, th- a thousand, LPs. a thousand copies though. And now, like, they don't think it would have sold here. I don't, I don't really understand. It's like the bootleg series are like a, a national freaking holiday for Dylan fans. Like, why not? <laughs> right. Why not throw in a nine and LP you, what, set? You couldn't, you couldn't have sold a thousand of them. And they've been doing it for every year. Like it started in sixty one or sixty two. I mean, that's just crazy. Give me some of that. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Columbia, for nothing as usual. All right. Um, Are we on to the last thing? Oh, he released some singles. We'll talk about that later. Uh, But last thing we have to talk about, and then I'll throw it over to you. Oh, no. Two things to talk about. He did a concert for one person. Have you ever heard of such no. thing? Yeah. Was that person you, Jay? Uh, it was not I was, me. I was, was wondering. It was, was not me. I think I would have mentioned that before if that was me. Um, although I tend to forget things. <laughs> he was at the uh, Philadelphia's Academy of Music, and he played a concert for one fan, the Swedish television personality, Frederick Wikinson. 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 
Um, he was working on a film seri- series about how solitary individuals experience events designed for large crowds. I mean, that, hey. sounds, that sounds really oh. interesting, and I don't, I don't know how he got Bob to do this except cut him a huge check, which maybe he did. <laughs> Bob, Bob will do been things. Known, has been known to do things for giant yeah, checks. Including accept the Nobel Prize for literature. <laughs> Uh, so it has Up some, to including. <laughs> it has some fun stuff about how uh, he said uh, this wicked sin fellow said I was smiling so much it was like I was on ecstasy, <laughs> which maybe he was. Also, I was on ecstasy. <laughs> also, I'm on ecstasy now. <laughs> My jaw hurt for hours afterwards because I couldn't stop smiling. Now he did he did uh, plan to put this 15 minute documentary on YouTube, but I couldn't find it. So. That's unfortunate. Maybe maybe I was spelling it wrong. Wickinson. Wickinson. So that was interesting. And then the last thing is, uh, you know, in the the uh, the Bob sells out corner, he did a he did a Chrysler ad for the Super Bowl, and this was like a this was like a two minute long, Daddy. This cost <laughs> this cost like eighteen million dollars or something just to air the darn thing. No um, one they had to pay Bob to get him to do it. It's a oh, lots of money, lots of money. <laughs> Although you know he, he he will never sell out unless you give him lots of money. So <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, fair. <laughs> to be fair, he's not going to sell out for nothing. He'll sell out for you know a fat check though. <laughs> I mean, if you're buying, then he'll sell out. Uh, somebody online mentioned that he the last he won't donate out. No, no, he's he's not working pro bono. He's, he's selling out. <laughs> volunteer out. No way. Um, uh, a a guy online who wrote about the ad. Um, trying to convince himself, he was a huge Dylan fan, he was trying to convince himself that it was okay that Bob was doing this, and, and he couldn't do that. But he said that the last ad that he did was for um, Cadillac, and he wondered if maybe Bob was just doing like an <laughs> alphabetical list. <laughs> He's doing Cadillac, Chrysler, I imagine, next to it would be Chevrolet. Like, like, oh, yes, Chevy, and then Dodge. No, Chevy Bob. should have been before Chrysler, though. Oh, man. Oh, man. oh what a bum idea up. that is. Uh, anyway, Bob, for some reason, is not sporting his Vincent Price mustache in the, oh, in the man, ad. Bob. It's kind of like a voiceover about how great America is, but also um, about how great cars are and, you know, mm-hmm. with America, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. American uh, cars, maybe? Yeah, it's particularly a Chrysler, I would say. <laughs> if I had to wager it. A specific American car. Mm-hmm. It's a Chrysler. Oh, we're above the rest, Jake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, except for Cadillac, but never mind about that. But that was, that was all before. That was before. Now, now, Chrysler, now Chrysler's better. Now the great patriotic American dream is for Chrysler, for sure. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I don't know why they did this. This is kind of the early days of apparently um, CGI on, on uh, commercials. So they, they clearly CGI'd his Vincent Price mustache right off his face. And he looks, <laughs> he looks really weird. He looks like a wax figure. Like, it looks, he looks terrible. He looks like he's dead. But hey, buy a car. <laughs> to be fair, he would have looked like that even with the mustache. <laughs> no way, man. He looks great with the mustache. You take that back. <laughs> I will not. At least he looks like a real person with like normal wrinkles and stuff. Like it looks like his face is all smoothed out. Uh, okay, and the tagline there was, um, and I don't get it, and I don't think anybody did, but uh, Chrysler is America's best import, but it's made in America. Is it just like saying that like imports are better? So. I get. I mean, there's a lot of things you could draw from from, from that tagline, but <laughs> but I don't, I don't like. It's it's a really kind of a weird thing to advertise as. Yeah, yeah. 
why if it's made in like you're saying american cars suck imports are better right so Uh, this is we're like we're so good that we're like an import right like i mean never mind you like want to defend america right now never mind the 80 years that we were an american car company uh we threw all that away to be more like the imports or something or they're saying that they farmed out all their labor to cheaper foreign countries and uh so the cars are actually imported now even though it's if you think about it, I also it. don't like. I also don't like that. Like Chrysler's being made in sweatshops overseas. Is that what you're telling us right now, uh, Chrysler? We're an American company, but nothing we build is in America. So <laughs> we imported America to America. Anyway, uh, I hope hey. Bob. I hope Bob. I don't know. Bought himself a swimming pool or something with that whole thing. Way to go, Bob! On his tour bus. Way to go <laughs> on the horse. His tour horse. <laughs> his tour horse. <laughs> Man, if that was a good drawer, I'd draw. I'd draw Bob's tour horse bus. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, Jay. Yeah, why don't you work? Why don't you work up some mock, uh, some mock drawings for me on that? <laughs> and with that, Chaz, uh, with that delightful whatever that just was, I will. I'll throw it over to you for some Bowie in twenty fourteen. Hey, hey, I am going to inadvertently, like a little bit later on, continue some of our favorite themes. Great. But uh, before that, I just want to mention Forrest Gump for no reason. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> This has been a greatest hits parade, and this we have exciting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, completely out of context. I no reason to talk about him other than just just thinking about him. Yeah, just just thinking about. Him. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Boris, <laughs> you're just <laughs> thinking about as I knew from time to time. Well, you know, life is like a box of chocolates, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get, at least, no. except when it comes to running jokes, and you know exactly where you're gonna get over yeah. and over and over again. Boy, it's been like forty. This, it's been like forty episode, episodes since we did this one. Box, of chocolates and all of them are your favorites. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> they all taste delicious. <laughs> no surprises here. Nothing new. Nothing weird that you weren't so sure about. Yeah. Just the stuff you're used to for months. Yeah. Although the, hey, the, the thing about the... Speaking of, let's the, bring up the Davecation because we yeah, always get... Woo! Uh, we're done with the Davecation. We finished it off recently, but... We still have to talk about it because in 2013, he returned from the Davecation. Mm. And that's still like carrying on into 2014. Death. So 2013, he released, came back with the, the, the movie. Blech. Yeah, the album, Jake. Get please, it together. Called The Next Day. Uh, it was huge. It took up the whole year for what he was doing, except for touring, because he didn't do any of that. Right. Uh, he did release five singles off of it, Yo. each with an awesome music video. Oh, wow. Great. And, but notably, even though there were 10 years separating them, it, it's a, usually really a musical continuation of reality from, 20, from 2003. Like, if okay. it had come out in 2015 or 20, or I'm sorry, in 2005 or 2006 or something, it wouldn't have been surprised musically. Sure. 2013 was all about the next day, but 2014 sees sweet, sweet David Bowie moving on to this final phase. Oh. oh. Like, he's taking his first steps into his final phase. So he's moving to his final transformation in, as a full-blown, like, full-blown experimental jazz direction. Yeah. He'd been threatening for decades. Since at least, like, 1973, he'd been threatening to do some more with jazz. Most notably, he does it with Mike, I mean, Mick Garrison. Oh! But, uh, Get him in there. Another reference there. Uh, but Lester Bowie from Black Tie White Noise was definitely in there. There's some, definitely some jazz and boot of suburbia. It's, it's all over his canon. And he finally, like, takes on whole hog in his last two years. Uh, most of the year 2014 is shrouded in mystery. As is this entire period because he like refused to do any interviews and didn't make public appearances. 
and didn't do live shows and you know whatever you're just released music and music videos and that was it sounds like a good year though for you it was a good year you know so hey let's talk about another one of our all-time favorites jake the grammys <laughs> this I, is relevant <laughs> to what i have to talk about today oh great because in 2014 bowie did next to nothing but we'll get to what he did do later on but mm. he was nominated for Two Grammys. Oh, baby. <laughs> in such incredibly relevant categories. Tell us more. Be- best Rock Performance uh-huh. and Best Rock Album. Oh, oh that's not bad. Best Rock that's Album. Bad, yeah. Rock was pretty much so, dead by 2014. Well, and this is what you know. I really love about the Grammys. It's such a mixture of Flash in the Pan, nothing bands, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Rock Dinosaurs so far past their peak. Yeah, yeah. As examples of both of those. Bowie, uh, Bowie lost both of these awards. Yeah. Oh shoot! I shouldn't have told you that. Oh well, it doesn't matter. Now nah, that's you know, I ruined. I, I partially ruined the next uh, uh, multiple choice question. That's well, okay. we can pretend you didn't. We can pretend we didn't. Um, so he lost best rock performance to. Uh, he was nominated for the song "The Stars Are Out Tonight" from the next day. He yeah. lost it to Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Flash in the pan. Nothing bad. Man. Best rock album. I'm imagining dragons right now. Was uh, you should have made me guess. Full of rock. I know. Well, this one. I the other one wasn't as good. This one. This one's a little better. So okay. he, was, he was nominated for the next day for best rock album. Yeah. Uh, which of the following rock dinosaurs won it? All oh. of these following were nominated. Dinosaurs are in this. Dinosaurs. Okay. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yeah. For Doug Phil. Yeah. Black Sabbath for thirteen. <laughs> oh, no. This is great. Led Zeppelin for Celebration Day. What? Or David Bowie for The Next Day. All right. Well, David Bowie did not. All four of those were nominated. This is why I I shouldn't have. That's okay. I definitely would have, if I had to, you know, pick a personal favorite from those. Even though I barely ever listened to The Next Day, I would probably pick David Bowie. Oh, Uh, yeah. You know what? Psychedelic Pill was not a bad album, um, being a Neil Young fan myself. But it's not that. It's, um, uh, okay, so we're, we're, we're between Black Sabbath and who? Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. With the sun on drums, right? Bonham's sun on drums. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that they released an album. Let's before. go. Let's just go Black Sabbath, I guess. Yeah, it's Led Zeppelin. Dude. No! Celebration Day. They were celebrating after they won that sweet Grammy. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, fellas, we don't have enough money. Yes, we also do. Also nominated were uh, two slightly more relevant but aspiring rock dinosaur bands. Okay. Kings of Leon and yeah. Queens of the Stone Age, both of which yeah. were only like 10 years past their prime rather than, you know, yeah. like 30 or 40. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Led Zeppelin's not even a band anymore. I don't understand the celebration. <laughs> I don't know. Thing. I don't know what this album They like refuse to like each other. Anyway. Uh, the packaging for next day was also nominated, but yeah. Jonathan Barnberg, who did it, boy, was not nominated for that because he didn't do the packaging. Can I just quit? Uh, quick cut in here. I in my in my Grammy in my Grammy research, you know, I'm just scrolling down and seeing like what if anything Bob Dylan is um, nominated. Hey, can for. you what? can you save this? Yeah, I've got. I, I, I'm. We may be repeating. I've got. I've got something coming up oh. about something related to what I think you're about to say later on. Wow. So will you save? Will you save this for later on? I will. Try. You do that for me. I will try, but I really Thanks. want to say Thanks. now. Thanks. I'd love to. Want All right. You. So, twenty. The rest of 2014, because uh-huh. that's earlier in the year, of course. We released exactly two new songs in 2014. Two. The first, we're going to talk in depth about both of them, because there's only uh, two. Uh, <laughs> we can do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> the first uh, one's called 
Oh. Dick has the wonderful title, Tis a Pity She Was a Whore. What? That's a song? It's a song. It okay. was named after a play from the 1600s by John Ford. Yeah. I had big plans of reading. I always a kind of an... I have a theater minor going back to my bachelor, you know, bachelor's degree days from many, many years ago. 800 years ago. And I always like, of course I remember this play because it is, a, you know, a hilarious name, especially when you're a college student who is also a theater minor. Sure. Um, and so we constantly talked about this play when we were in college and I, none of us ever read it to my knowledge. And I'd always <laughs> intended to actually read it. Why would so you? I, think, I had big plans of reading this play for, uh, for this episode of the podcast, but that didn't happen, Jake. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic! It's uh, it's much longer than I thought it was, and it's from the 1600s, so it reads like shit. You know, like you know, you need to have your brain about you too to read something like this. I don't have, I don't have. My anyway, brain. apparently, I read a very short uh, overview summary of it, and apparently, it's about incest. Mm, my sister was a prostitute that I loved. I don't know. I don't know. The Bowie song does not seem to have anything to do with those those themes. I don't okay. Know. I don't know what it's about. Uh, it is a rare song where Bowie plays. All of the instruments. Every single one? Every single one. Even the drums? Well, I think it's a drum machine, but he, he set up that drum machine. But he, he, he pushed the button that got that thing going. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's actually a demo, but he released it just straight up. Which, hey, why not? He spent 10 years doing nothing. Why not just yeah. put it out there, you know? So, To the Pity She Was a Whore was technically released before the other one, but it also became the B-side of the other one. So, we're just thinking of it as the B-side for Great. the other song. Sue, or in a season of crime. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. It was made with the Maria Schneider Orchestra. Oh. Uh, Maria Schneider being a jazzy lady with a jazzy orchestra, presumably. <laughs> I've only seen that. So but jazzy. notably, Jake, she was also nominated for two 2014 Grammys. Ah. And unlike Bowie, she won them both. Oh, great to go, Maria. For such relevant Maria? categories as Best Engineered Album Classical. <laughs> And best classical contemporary composition. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's really it's good. Guess. It's a big one. You it's know? good. I was gonna you guess. Know, Taylor Swift and Kanye for both of us. I was gonna guess best classical composition, <laughs> lyrical composition, um, packaging, but you know that's just as good. I think. Yeah, well, you know. Hey. <laughs> So, I don't know if she attended. Bowie did not attend. I don't know if she attended. Okay. Uh, so, Sue is a jazzy tune about maybe killing your wife? Probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's moody. It's great. It features Danny McClass- McCaslin and his quintet, who would be major collaborators on Blackstar. Gotcha. Which started the following year. Uh, the song, actually, I think they started recording it this year. Now that I remember it. The song was ultimately nominated for a Grammy, Jake. <laughs> For best arrangement instruments and vocals. Oh my gosh. For best best arrangement instruments and vocals in 2016, and it won. Oh, wow. So, Jed Bowie and live Maria Schneider both got another Grammy for that. <laughs> Grammys for everyone! Things were, it, was, it was released in 2014, but it was not nominated until 2016. Uh, what? I don't know how this works. This is Pete But also Grammys remember the Grammys are, you know, like held in like January or February. So it was right after Bowie died in January of 2016. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, this is a great song, but otherwise they wouldn't have won. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, please. No, no. They're like, can we give Bowie some more Grammys? <laughs> can we? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, well, he really, you know, banked in 2017 for the, you know, some music he released in late 2015. Well, yeah, but they, they wanted to they wanted to do him a solid right after he died. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, and this is the only thing that could have possibly been nominated for anything. Just so, a choice posthumous window right there. He released, he released two songs in 2014. <laughs> 
Though he did release a couple songs in late 2015, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think that the cutoff is, they just, they do whatever they it's want. Like the they just do whatever they want. They're like, whatever. I wonder if Led, uh, maybe Led Zeppelin didn't even it? release an album in 2013. They're just like, Zeppelin's do. <laughs> Let's give them one. Let's pretend. It's from 1978. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> Uh, both these songs, Tisbeach's Or and Sue, were both completely recorded for Black Star in pretty different versions. Sue, in particular, is, rather, is quite different. It's much faster and much rockier and much punchier. Yeah. Um, but I like them both. Uh, the other thing Bowie did in 2014 is he released a best of compilation. And while he's released a million of these, uh, this was the first one, I think, since 2002, first of all. Mm. So, you know, not a lot happened during that period because of the vacation, let's be honest. But uh, it was in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Bowie's first single, Liza Jane, from 1964. Oh, little Liza. Little Bowie Liza. has this tendency amongst his greatest hits compilations to release them in multiple versions. Yeah, uh, South weird. Division in 1990 was released in like 14 different versions for different countries based yeah. on what the most popular songs. Yeah, which country. I think that's which kind of cool. That's, that's kind of that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, Nothing has changed, uh, which was named after the first line from the song "Sunday" uh, off the album "Heathen," was released in one, two, and three disc versions. Oh, wow! All of which feature <laughs> Sue. His new single. Great. Know? Oh, yeah, you gotta Which throw it Which is usually on there. a bad idea when artists release a greatest hits collection and then put a new song on Definitely. it. I mean, it's a new song. It's obviously not a hit of any kind when no. it was put on here. Let alone, Let alone one of your greatest. <laughs> right. But the song is really good, so it's okay. Uh, the first, the one disker, they are, like, they're configured very differently. The one disker is in an, an any old order. Uh, let's just talk about how stupid this whole idea is. How do you put, why, do you, why would you want a one disc best of Bowie? I don't know. And how do you put it together? You do it by ignoring almost everything after Last Dance. All right, I have a multiple choice question, Jake, and it's multiple choice in that all possible answers are possible. I'm not giving you choices. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't understand uh, this, how that works. This bit has, well, uh, it's multiple. You still have multiple choices, just, you know. Yeah. This, this uh, The one disc here is 21 tracks. How many of them were released after 1986? Zero. No. One. You were, I was say you weren't even listening because you know Sue was on there. Oh. Well, that's... Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, three. Nice work. It is three. Yes! I counted zero, one, two, The other two, two songs two. are one from The Next Day and uh, Hello Space Boy from 1995. Yeah. My favorite. The Pep Shop Boys. <laughs> the remix. Yeah, that's my favorite one. It's <laughs> my favorite David Bowie song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, what, what was even the point of this, you know? I don't, like, I, 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 I don't know. Can I? Don't I don't know. Can I also add that in the year 2014, what are we doing with greatest hits compilations? Like, mm-hmm. nap, you know, uh, Spotify and stuff. That stuff was like roaring by then. What do What are we doing here? Like, do people buy greatest hits compilations anymore? <laughs> did you buy it? <laughs> I guess well, you wouldn't have. Wait, to. we'll wait. Wait for that. Oh, I, you I did. bought one. I you bought did. one of them. Just oh. you wait, though, Jake. Oh. All right, the two disc version. Next up, two disc version is like it's this the vanilla chronolo- chronological basic hits type release. Hits, baby. Nothing special there, you know. Just going through it. No misses, only hits. Only well, you know, some, <laughs> uh, not a lot. I mean, they try to be a little bit fair by including more later day stuff. You yeah, know. yeah. yeah. Finished up like the first disc finished up with like 1980. We call that the uh, the creamy middles, which sells the golden years, you know. 
Uh, it was such a vanilla release that uh, they re-released it almost exactly as of after Bowie died and called it David Bowie Legacy instead. <laughs> but got rid of Sue and put on a track from Lazarus because this came out. Before. Right, right, right. Yeah. I may have put, put two tracks on, on from Lazarus. Anyway, it's barely different, but that became like the default, you know, whatever. Finally, let's talk about the three-disc version, Jake. The Shall we? So, it's his most comprehensive greatest hits compilation ever. <laughs> it's 59 tracks. Wow. Reverse chronological. Oh, order. no. No, they did it. Oh. Starts with Sue. <laughs> includes at least one song from all of his solo albums. The Tim wow. Machine is skipped. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Not represented. No Tin Machine in there. But all of well, the levels, even, even Never Let Me Down got, got in on the action. Wow, so, it did? Even though he actually cared. I kind of like that. Put put uh, something for I, me. I got one track on there. It yeah. focuses on rare mixes, including some remixes, like Never Let Me Down. It was a remix, not in any original track. Oh. Uh, single edits and several non-album singles. Put a few non-album singles. So, my next question for you, Jake. How many of the 59 songs on this three-disc version... Mm are on an actual Bowie studio album in their exact same version mm, slash format mm, slash edit. Exactly as they appear in the album, how many of the 59 songs are, are actually? Wow, what a question. What I feel like I need to I feel like I need to go meditate for a while on this. This is You have multiple choices, those choices being everything between zero and fifty-nine. Yeah, so I have fifty-nine choices. It's not zero, I'm going to say. Uh, it's not 59, that's for sure. Because there's, there's Sue. You know Sue's on it. So. Sue, my good friend Sue. <laughs> <laughs> you already said the Never Let Me Down one, so uh, it's pretty much like 1 through 57, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> in their exact original form. Let's do yeah. Let's do 38. Oh, so much higher than the actual answer. What? You want, take another stat. You were way off. You want to take another I'm stat? I'm way too high? You're way too high. This is ridiculous. This isn't a greatest hits collection. Okay, uh, let's call it. Uh, well, we'll just f it. Uh, uh, Nineteen. Oh, that's close. Oh, fifteen. Shut fifteen. Up. Jake. Fifteen. <laughs> you gotta remember that Bowie and the single version. Uh, they go hand in hand. They're yeah, no, you're right. Back, you're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, I should have known. So but that's... many single versions. So many single edits. So many slightly remixed single versions. He does have, does have quite a few, like nine album singles, sprinkled throughout there okay. as well. All right, all right. I guess I yeah, only fifteen in their uh, exact I same never version as on the album. So I bought it because, okay. like, I remember two thirds of, of the songs I didn't have in their same versions. Quite a few I didn't have at all. There were a couple songs off of his unreleased album Toy from two thousand one. There was at least one or two that had never been released at all. This was their first release. Oh. So I guess I could have said you know. Included that in my new song total, but I do have to say recorded. this is a they're recorded in two thousand one. This is a crucial difference between our two artists. Like I don't understand the the remixes, the club edits, the non album single versions. Like Dylan's just like here. And they're like, hey, do you want to? Uh, do you want to? At least a sixteen, sixteen minute, minute long single. Do you, uh, do you give us your permission to edit this down from twelve minutes to to nine? No. Do you uh, do you want us to maybe give this to the Pet Shop Boys? No. <laughs> That's it. It's like no, 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 no. I already did that. I put it out. It's out. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Hey, um, I forgot something I was going to do slightly earlier in the last Grammy segment. And I, 
embarrassed about it because I cut you off before doing it. I'm embarrassed for you. <laughs> so we were talking about how, you know, Bowie won a Grammy for Sue. <laughs> No, in 2016, even though it came out in 2014. My favorite yeah. song, my favorite Bowie song. I would like you to know, Jake, that Dylan was not nominated for, for any Grammys in 2014. Oh, I know, I looked. Unlike David Bowie. <laughs> I looked. And for Ben Schneider. But! <laughs> yeah. In 2016, let's go away. He was nominated for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album yeah. for Shadows in the Night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe that. They get they, they nominate him whenever they can. He didn't win it, but he did win Best Historical Album for the Basement Tapes Complete the Bootleg Series. Whoa! Volume yeah! <laughs> and Jake, it gets even better. Oh, how could it, you say? Because how could it? He was uh, the album The Basement Tapes was nominated to the Grammy Hall or was uh, inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. What they have a Grammy Hall of Fame. Apparently for albums. Like the original and one, like the 1975 version? The Basement yeah, Tapes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Basement well, Tapes. Well, okay. Tapes. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. In there. We here at the Dylan Camp, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks like certain albums are in and certain songs get to be thrown in there, too. So, including, there uh, including Sue from David Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it right in there. Uh, it was probably a 2017. After he died, they're like, put every song and album that Bowie ever made into the Hall of Fame. Just do it. Do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what I was going to say about the Grammys is uh, it, it is it is adjacent to what you said before. When I'm scrolling through there, I'm just I'm floored by the number of categories. But also I'm floored by the by the actual like diversity and stuff that they actually champion. Mm-hmm. There's just there's all kinds of Spanish music and all kinds of Latin music and you know world music and and classical and this and all kinds of different genres. There's like literally like over a hundred categories. I'm pretty sure, but you know you know but they're just so dumb. They're just so dumb <laughs> the rest of the time. Like any any forward facing thing the Grammys do is just ridiculous and stupid. But they're actually you know they're giving awards and kind of bringing attention to a lot of stuff that probably wouldn't uh-huh. normally get any sort of mainstream attention. So I got to congratulate and poop on the Grammys at the same time. Wait. So, okay. I'm looking at this, this, uh, hall of fame they got here. Dylan's, uh, been inducted. Five of his things have been inducted. Okay. He's got the basement tapes album, yeah. Yeah. blonde on blonde, blood on the tracks. Yeah. The song blowing in the wind and the album, bring it all back home. But no, not, 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 not highway or, or like a rolling stone. Nope. Wow. Bowie has only been inducted once. <laughs> for for the song for the song changes. Oh, not space out. That's it. That's it. But none of it. None of his albums have been inducted to the Grammy Hall of Fame. How is this possible? I wonder how many people at the Grammys are are just dedicated. They sit in a room all day long and they just think of dumb things to do. And it was inducted in 2017, meaning it was just riding high off of his death. <laughs> They're like, you know, we need to take a look at this Bowie character. Yeah, he's, uh, he's you know, he's kind of new, but, you know. Uh, you know, we're looking for some ch-ch-changes around these parts. Am I right? Although yeah. now that I'm looking at it, I'm wondering if there's, like, a, a, a year deadline. Oh, that's not only has to be at least 25 years old to be considered. Yeah, if only Bowie. You've no excuses over there. That's entire 70s for Bowie. You pick the changes and that's it? I'm not saying changes shouldn't be in there. It clearly should. Well, but, we're, we're, we're talking about things here that are very much like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where once you, once you start trying to objectively champion subjective uh, things, you just you run, into a, you run into a mind pit. Yeah, but I'm going to just bring up something really terrible that won it. 
The Barbara Streisand album's in there, okay? Come on. Hey, that's my favorite no. album. That's the first one that came up, but, you know. <laughs> it's the only but one. But this isn't, them. like, an iconic, you know, important album. Can we can we be honest about that? Well, I don't know now. Not, not in- Girls Don't Cry makes it, but not, like... Life on Mars or not, Heroes? Not in the circles you run in. I think I think you got to sell. Bitches, oh wait, no, bitches group should be in there. Never mind. Never yes, mind. Yes, it should. <laughs> How dare you? Peter Paul and Mary's version of Blowing in the Wind is on there. Also in there. But not fame. Come on, Chaz. You're really. I hope you're not actually getting mad about this. I apologize. What? No, the Grammys are absurd. <laughs> the gra- <laughs> they are literally the weirdest they're thing ever. They are absurd mockery. Uh, oh as yeah. The most irrelevant major entertainment award by far All right. hey. not, there's not even a second <laughs> wait this, this episode's going long it's okay Mm-mm. uh urine hair mm. i'm reminded jake oh yeah before i get into the urine hair i'm reminded of a quote from yeah you're gonna do urine throw too i do so, a quote from uh tina fey and amy poehler mm. uh hosting the emmys speaking okay. of the awards uh in one of their introductions, they, they uh, it just this always cracks me out. This, and now a man even more handsome than a young George Clooney, <laughs> middle-aged George Clooney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This Bowie's, is my metaphor for Bowie at this point. Bowie yeah. got better looking as he got. Oh, he way. definitely did, no doubt about and it. And in the the two thousand the teens, this guy's like he's just a handsome man. He's, he's smoking, a good looking man. He's, he's looking good. Yeah. He's smoking. Yeah. So there are limited photos from twenty fourteen because he didn't you know do anything or go anywhere, but. Uh, he's just looking good. Here is parted and swept back. He's the total, t- completely embraced the elder statesman. Yes, he's wearing suits twenty four seven. It was the part he was born sleeping, to play. Baby. Sleeping in beautifully tailored, <laughs> definitely suits. Just Armani, as far as the eye can see. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. As far as the eye wants to see, anyway. Jake. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> means once you spy David Bowie, you don't want to look at anything else. Oh, I get it. 2014. Yeah. Wow. Guy's looking good. I'm going to give him... Yeah, he's looking great. You know, what, what the hell? Let's give him a four and a half. Wow! All right. Well, um, I don't know what the relevant quote for Dylan would be. If uh, <laughs> Who's the only thing that looks more dead than a middle-aged uh, Bob Dylan? <laughs> uh, a, a latter-aged Bob Dylan! <laughs> So senior citizen Bob Dylan. The senior citizen. So he just, you know, God bless him. He's just. It doesn't have to be. A, I mean, who's really super handsome in their late seventies, or I guess at this point it was his mid seventies. Um, and you know, add that to the fact. Yeah, that boy like, would have been had he made a jig. Probably, probably. I mean, Dylan. Dylan dresses very dapper. I, his his clothes his clothes are, are choice. It's just you know, um, once he takes his hat off and he gets CGI scrubbed to look like a, a wax figure. <laughs> It just, it all falls apart, you know? <laughs> he was doing fine until they made him look even more dead than he already is. But the fro, man. Tell us about the fro. Well, the fro is unleashed in the commercial. That's that's the best part. Like, they, he was he was like, he walked in with his Stetson or his Boatman's hat well, or whatever. Say, no Stetson hat? And they're like, Bob, take it off. And he's like, no. <laughs> and they're like, we're not going to give you your $450,000 check. And he's like, he just whips it off. <laughs> Throws it away. The throw just like pops it off. (laughs) So because the fro really just was finally allowed to see the light of day. I I don't give points for the year in fro, but the fro wins out this year. Um, It's the only it's the only alive looking thing on him. So I give it like a million points. Which is ironic because hair is dead, dead tissue. Yeah, that's true. Irony (laughs) take. It's made of it's made of keratin. (laughs) 
something. <laughs> like your fingernails. But hair. Like a roll like a rolling stone. <laughs> oh man. I just feel bad for the Vincent Price mustache. I can't believe they scrubbed that off. I mean that thing had just been They probably it asked a, it should have won a Grammy, Jay. Absolutely. But it was only nominated for four. <laughs> It lost out to the Imagine Dragons, Vincent Price mustache. <laughs> you know these up and covers with their Vincent Price mustache. <laughs> Jimmy Page's mustache was also dominant. <laughs> Jimmy's like, I, I've never, I haven't put out an album in thirty years. What is going on? <laughs> Why am I the Grammys playing with Imagine Dragons? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> This is like that time I played with Puff Daddy and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can see that we were we were going real good on our quest to win yet another Grammy, but we've sabotaged ourselves. <laughs> by, by attacking the, uh, by the Academy. Academy. <laughs> Oh, man. First of all, I'd like to not thank the I'm going to let you finish real soon, but Bob Dylan the best Vincent Price mustache forever, okay? Well, since Vincent Price, for sure. <laughs> since Vincent Price. <laughs> I can only hope Katya stormed the stage too much. Uh, totally what he really thought. I wonder if Vincent Price, when he, when he knew he was on his way out, he's like, bequeath my mustache to someone <laughs> deserving. <laughs> I would assume he used black magic to put it on Bob's He's face like, sense. He's like, mustache, you are free! <laughs> Bob doesn't even want it. That's why they had the CGI it off. He can't shave it off. He keeps trying, but in like the Santa Claus, it just grows back in like five seconds. <laughs> oh... Hey, we gotta get some points going. Oh man, I can't believe we haven't done points yet. This is ridiculous. All right. Well, we gotta have our fun while we can. We only got a few of these left. All right, let's do some points for Bob Dylan. Um, let's do the Bootleg Series, <clears throat> Volume Eleven. That is the Basement Tapes Complete. That's all of them, Jazz. That's every all single of them. last one. All what right. Ones? So, uh, what about that other one? Oh, that's on there. No, what that's about that. Oh no, no. they include two. No, I mean, Whoa. check it's it out. I mean, it's like it's like complete. What I think is hilarious is there's six discs on it, and the sixth disc is called a bonus disc for some reason. Like, why? <laughs> Aren't this, isn't this all a bonus? Like, I don't understand. Was the bonus disc not uh, recorded in the basement? <laughs> Maybe not. It was like it's, a walkout. It was only kind of a basement. It's neither it's a basement. Level. It's a split level, you know? Uh, yeah, there's a little bit too much light in there. Uh, <clears throat> it's neither basement nor a tape, and that's why it's a bonus disc. <laughs> um, I, I, am, I am underwhelmed by this and overwhelmed at the same time. My explanation is... No, that makes sense. I'm overwhelmed because there's 138 tracks and uh, many of them are duplicates but not the same version, obviously. I mean, these guys, they didn't mean to put this out. You know, that's the whole that's the whole origin story is they were just messing around and they ended up like making a whole new genre of music out of it. Um, and I'm underwhelmed because um, pretty much the best basement tape stuff has been out there like amongst yeah. bootleggers. It's it's nice it's all in one place. I mean we talked about the controversy that was the actual basement tapes. Uh Grammy Hall of Fame uh in <laughs> the basement tapes. Now, did you have you ever like just you know thrown in your iTunes and se sequenced it up to listen to that two disc like best of you know Well here's here, here's the problem. The the raw one is only one disc. <laughs> 
So it's only what? It's only one disc. The raw, the raw version. No, it's eighteen songs on I one just, disc. I swear, I just saw something different. Like when I was looking this up. Oh well, I don't think they put out a two disc version. I might be wrong. Anyway, that's the one disc is too few, and the the six disc version is too many to like put on and really enjoy. It's like you need like a you need like three days and an Excel document and like a partner. Yeah, the basement tapes raw, according to. Our friends at Wikipedia that can never possibly be wrong. Oh. It's it's a two-disker. Oh. I thought, how many tracks 30, are on there? 38 tracks. Oh, all right. Never mind. I had 18. I'm an idiot. Anyway, so... Both, so both discs have 19. For for a uh, for a casual fan, or even like a normal Dylan fan, that would probably, that would probably do it. Um, obviously... But obviously it's like, it's essential that all this stuff came out. You have You have to have all of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if it's available, you got to get it. Exactly. You know? And the packaging, um, this was early on in their super deluxe, uh, you know, versions. It's like the, tw- uh, it's not 12 inch, it's like eight and a half inches or something. It's got that soft patina, that whatever mm. that material is. You just want to like. Spot varnished. Spot varnished, Jake. Yeah. Hey. Thanks. You know why I know that term? Why? Because it was described that way in the reissue announcement for Tin Machine 2 just yesterday. <laughs> I never knew what that was called. I love it. I didn't know what it's called, but they're like, it's spot bars. Uh, like, there's that's n- got to be that thing that I like, where it's like kind of shiny and feels different in some spots, but it's matte and other... I'm I'm guessing that's what spot varnish means too. Well, now, fortunately, uh, fortunately, there's no genitalia on the bootleg series volume. Mm. I know. Hardly even worth the purchase. It's yeah. hardly even worth the purchase. Uh, you Is know. there any like chopped off genitalia? No, there's no mutilated genitalia on it at all. Just <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like a. It's like it's like a it's like the movie Seven on the cover of that TV machine thing. <laughs> I was thinking about Robert Maplethorpe right now. Oh wow. Uh, Indeed. So the whole thing is very hard to grasp, um, you know, all at once. It's not, it's not super fun to just put on and listen to um, in a row. But that's not really. Oh, he did a song for Seven, by the way. Pretty sure. Did he? Well, that was right around his wheelhouse yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. He was in with the the industrial goths at that point. Yeah, it's all industrial and goth. Um, yeah. So the whole thing, you know, the pictures inside, the essays, it's all just gorgeous. You just want to lay. You just want to lay on Shit. it. You just want to make just, out with it for a little just bit. Wanna, I mean, it's more it's more love than lust, I'll say that for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. But, uh, anyway, um, so well, you'll be, you. you be you. Out of a possible plus three, um, I'm going to give it a plus 2.5. I'm going to boom. I'm going to knock it down just because it's, you know, it's a little hard to 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 kind of grasp all at once. Okay. Yeah. Let's get on with the uh, never-ending tour. Uh, like I said, 92 shows. Sounds good to me. Uh, plus 0.5 out of a possible plus one. And then he put out three singles this year, Chaz. He put out one one single from the 138 tracks on the basement tapes. And he put out, like, not the best one, I don't think. It's, <laughs> well, obviously, it's the song. Dylan. It's the song Odds and Ends, um, which is fine. It was on the original. A different version was on the original basement tapes. This is a, this is obviously an outtake. Or I don't know. They were all outtakes. This is I really thought they would, you know, he would have gone with one of the songs that wasn't and hadn't been released at all. You know, I don't think this one was released at all. But a no, I mean like not oh like oh right, that released, but right. like a song that had never you know seen the light of day. Well, this is where so many classic songs come from that have been covered by other artists, but Bob has never circled back around to. Like put out put out one of those. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, we get odds and ends. I give it a plus point five. It sounds it sounds fine. I'm just a little confused by it. Um, and then he did a he released a single from a Paul McCartney tribute album called "The Art of McCartney" or simply McCartney. McCartney. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Dylan yeah. did a tribute album for Paul McCartney no, in 2014? He did a single for it. Oh. It was a compilation I mean, of other artists, not just Bob Dylan. No, uh, I mean, I know, but I'm, just, oh, yeah. I'm surprised. I, I'm actually like more surprised that he contributed to one. Yes. Than, you know, I it's think like I, making his own or something like he did with Frank Sinatra three times in the round. I think everyone was. It was um, Things We Said Today, which is, you know, a fine Beatles song. Um, Bob's version, I don't... It's not that I don't like it. I just... I think something more could have been done with it. It's just him growling his way through it. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, well, you know, It's interesting guys, to hear... Guys gotta growl from time to time. <laughs> well, or all the time. In Bob Dylan's case. Or all the time. For, uh, for it's, it's interesting. He doesn't do a lot of cover songs, you know, especially in those single formats. So it's interesting to hear him sing a Paul Not, not a lot of their, you know, that are said to be covers anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, all those quote-unquote... acknowledged as covers. All those quote-unquote traditional songs. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this song is by Imagine Dragons, Bob. <laughs> He's like, arranged by Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's arranged by me. Um, anyway, I give that single a plus zero. It's, you know, it's whatever. And then he shocked the world, maybe the universe, by putting out his uh, very first single from Shadows in the Night, which would come out the next year, Full Moon and Empty Arms. He just, he put out a, a real mm-hmm. sweet daddy jazz crooner of a song. Does he, does he croon it, Jake? Oh, he croons it. Yes, he does. He croons <laughs> it. Uh, uh, this was all like, this was the absolute, like, I don't know if everyone knew he was going to put out an album the next year uh, of it, but they're like, What? What, what's going on here? <laughs> Wait, what? What? Wait, wait, it's a Sinatra what? song, and I think it was a little exciting at the time. It's it is a it is a good song. Um, you know, my take on all the on all the Sinatra songs is it's kind of a diminishing returns thing. So it started off being like a really interesting idea, and it sounds lovely and stuff like that. And then uh-huh. By the third disc on Triplicate, you're just <laughs> punching yourself in the face <laughs> over and over again. Uh, so I give that a plus one point zero because it was a it was a real nice novelty at the time. Um, he did the Chrysler ad, which is like worth eleven points. I want to say, I don't know. <laughs> at least, at least eleven points. Never mind. That's no, that's no points. Uh, so he ends up with a plus four point five for the year. Oh, good year, Bob. Bob just those, you know, late two thousands, you know, on or mid two thousands even. He just, he just found his way. You know, mm-hmm. that Bob's really going somewhere. I think. Let's let's give him a Grammy <laughs> or two, or two, three, 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 four, three hundred Grammys. All right. So Bowie didn't do very much. He right. uh, released Sue or in a season of crime. Tis pity she was a whore was also technically released as a single first, but then it became the B set. I, I prefer to just like just conclude them as one single. And with Sue as the main song and Tis pity she was a whore as the B side, it makes more sense. Great. Um, I really like the song. It's classy. It's jazzy. It's you know really? first step towards his new and final transformation. It's got. It has a music video too. Oh. Uh, it's a very classy black and white video. It's reminiscent, reminded me a lot of uh, the movie The Third Man. I don't know if you've seen that one. Uh, I know of it. Seen, or it. seen it recently, but at he the was, end, or well, was was being, uh, yeah, he's being hunted down in the sewers of Vienna. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember now what city it's in. I, I think we've all, I think we've all been there. <laughs> you know, being hunted down. Uh, being sewer. hunted down by the police in the sewers of Vienna, and it seemed, felt, felt very reminiscent of that. That's all these, like, it looked like subway tunnels or, I don't know, just under overpasses or whatever. But, you know, like these classy old, and then they were projecting uh, footage onto there, whoever directed this video. And it's a footage of, uh, largely of Bowie, a, a bespeckled Bowie singing in the studio to the song. Oh, cool. Uh, but it's like, it's got cool, yeah, it was really cool, really well designed and really classy. And I really liked it a lot. Uh, so I'm giving that song a one. I really like that song a lot. Great. And then uh, Nothing Has Changed. The 
compilation. We occasionally include best of compilations when they seem especially relevant, and we this do. one does. It's uh, by far his most comprehensive, comprehensive the three-disc version, that is. It's by far his most comprehensive one, and honestly, in my opinion, strongly his best compilation he ever released. Yeah. The only one that comes close to my mind is uh, Changes One Bowie, which is his first one from 1976, which yeah. is all killer, no filler, but I got that. Just, so, just so much came after that that, you know, yeah. it's hard to... It's hard to include that one. Agreed. You know. Agreed. Um, the only sad thing about Nothing Has Changed is there's technically nothing from Blackstar's final album, so it's not mm. 100% comprehensive because mm-hmm. it came out before that album. But Sue was re-recorded and put on Blackstar, so you, know, you could just say it was just another one of those alternate versions or edits or remixes that are, you know, are all over the place on this thing. Yeah. So at least that's in there. Or, you know, you can, like, on your Spotify list or iTunes or something, just throw you know a couple songs from Blackstar at the very Throw beginning. Throw it on there! And, uh, and get rid of a couple songs from uh, like Hours instead, you know? Yeah, you feel good. Get rid, of the, uh, get rid of Dancing in the Street with Mick Jagger, which did make the cut. <laughs> oh. You know, it's, oh, it's a greatest hit on you know? <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, they did, they did, they avoided lab, uh, Labyrinth. So wow. that one at least good made it on. There were a couple other bad tracks that did not make it on there. Bad but popular tracks, like Nothing, yeah, like Never Let Me Down songs, most of which were Several of which were big hits. So I'm also giving that baby a one. Okay. So we totaled up with two. There it is. There it is. Positive year. Bowie's back. I'm glad you don't have to do any more of these datecation years. I know. Hey, so we have got six years left. One wow. from each of our principal decades. Hmm. And uh, next episode, we're doing 1998. Yes. Here we have left in the 90s. Man, 98. What a year. <laughs> a year I remember. What a year? Well. I mean, what What a year? <laughs> what a Dylan, year? It, Dylan was back. He was feeling so good in 98. Really feeling himself. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, and with that, I'm Charlie, and I like Bowie. I'm Jake. And I love Dylan. And we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we sure will. Bye.